Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Zoom meeting and another podcast episode. And um, if you're listening in, you can find out more about the podcast, our Facebook community, and how to get involved in our meetings on the website, acimwithkeith.com. You can also find out uh, about private coaching with myself if that's something that interests you. Okay, um, so... Again, I normally take my inspiration for these meetings from what's happening in the group during the week. And I wanted to talk about the purpose of A Course in Miracles today. And I wanted to talk about that how, how that ties in with the forgiveness process. Um, so let's take a few quotes from the Blue Book. Um, let me dig some out here. Let's begin with this one. Okay, this is from chapter two, the separation and the atonement, and it's from section six, fear and conflict. Paragraph four. The correct, this was actually, um, Helen was complaining to Jesus about how much fear she had. And this was Jesus's response. And uh, it is inserted here in the text. The correction of fear is your responsibility. When you ask for release from fear, you are implying that it is not. You should ask instead for help in the conditions that have brought the fear about. These conditions always entail a willingness to be separate. At that level, you can help it. Okay, incredibly, incredibly important um, passage in the course. Uh, Jesus is saying, you cannot be afraid. Just like he tells us, um, let me see if I can quickly dig it out, because I should have taken it out earlier. Um, Let's see if I can get it quickly here. Yeah, hopefully this is the right quote. No. Let's give it one more lash and then I'm not going to waste time on it. I might find it later. I can always paraphrase if I need to, but it would be nice if I was able to lay my hands on it. No, that did not work. So let's paraphrase. Uh, Jesus says in the course that um, he says you've been told um, to avoid judgment. And he says you have not been told that to take some right away from you. You've been told that because you can't judge. It's impossible for you to judge. He says all you can do is believe the ego's judgment. And so in the same way with the passage that we're looking at, 
um, Jesus is saying, you can't be afraid. You can't judge. You can't be afraid. You can't be unhappy. He tells us in lesson 93, light and peace and joy abide in you because God put them there. So there, there are only two ways we can be. Either we know the light and peace and joy that we are in the Holy Spirit, or we are deluded about what we are. We think we're something we're not. And we think the judgments are what we're doing. But we can't judge. Or we think fear is ours. But we can't know fear. And so again, there are only two possibilities in any situation. And it is either you know what you are and that light and joy and peace abide in you, or, or you don't because you you do not know what you are. You have overlooked what you are in the Holy Spirit to identify with an illusion of yourself. And it seems like judgment is possible and it's yours. And it seems like fear is possible and it's yours. And so what Jesus is saying to Helen here is, um, if you're afraid, it's because you think you are an ego. You think you are a separate self. And he's saying, I can't help you with that. <laughs> if you choose to think you're an ego, there will be fear. The minute you identify as a body, a physical body and a psychological body, there will be suffering. Suffering will inevitably arise from your decision to identify as a body and an insane voice talking to itself. You, who are unlimited in the Holy Spirit, have overlooked the unlimitedness of what you are to identify with a self-imposed illusory limitation of yourself. And that limitation is experienced as suffering, lack, fear. So he's going, look, you can't stay identified as something that you're not and ask me to help you with it. I can't, I, I, how's that going to work? <laughs> you should ask me for help with the conditions that have brought the fear about. And the fear that has brought the, sorry, the conditions that have brought the fear about is the decision to be separate. To identify as a separate self cut off from the whole. So that's what he's saying to us there in that passage. He's saying to Helen, you know, undo your mistaken decision to be separate. Undo your identification as an ego. And then the fear is gone because it was it had never anything to do with what you are as awareness in the Holy Spirit here and now. It only ever had to do with you identifying with something that you weren't. And if you undo the identification, the fear can't stand. So let's take another reading. This is from the workbook, Lesson 92. Strength overlooks these things by seeing past appearances. It keeps its steady gaze upon the light that lies beyond them. It unites with light, of which it is a part. It sees itself 
it brings the light in which yourself appears. In darkness, you perceive a self that is not there. Keith, the story of a body. Strength is the truth about you. Weakness is an idol, falsely worshipped and adored that strength may be dispelled and darkness rule where God appointed that there should be light. And so what we are in the Holy Spirit is light. But the term Jesus keeps using is the self you've made. And the self we've made is the, is, is the personal self. It's the separate self, the apparently separate self, which doesn't actually exist. It's a story. And it's never, ever there in the present moment. And so something that we, we covered a few weeks back was, Jesus says that the body is never actually there at all. It's always either remembered or it's anticipated, but never actually here. And so it's a story. And whenever Jesus um, uses the word body in the course, he's not just talking about the physical body, but also the psychological body. And so what he's saying is, you know, also there is that there is no separate self. It's, it's not there right now. There's no separate self there. There is only you remembering the story of a separate self and identifying with it. Or there is you anticipating a story of a separate self and saying, that's me. But if you look without any recourse to past remembrances or future fantasies for evidence that there is you as a separate self, it's not there. All you'll find as you look for it in the present moment is the awareness that you are in the Holy Spirit. So let's take another reading. This is from Lesson 186, Paragraph 6. Arrogance makes an image of yourself that is not real. We just talked about the mechanics of it. It's made out of stories. It's a thought-made self, which has no reality whatsoever because all you ever are in the present moment is awareness, non-judgmental awareness. So again, arrogance makes an image of yourself that is not real. It is this image which quails and retreats in terror as the voice for God assures you that you have the strength, the wisdom, and the holiness to go beyond all images. You are not weak, as is the image of yourself. You are not ignorant and helpless. Sin cannot tarnish the truth of you, and misery can come not near the holy home of God. Um, you know, again, a very similar sentiment in the workbook lesson. I won't work it, look it up. I'll, I'll paraphrase so we don't have deathly silence over the airwaves. <laughs> uh, but Jesus says, uh, what suffers is not part of me. What suffers is not part of me. You can't suffer. You can only identify with the ego suffering, but it's not the ego is not you. You can only become apparently lost to yourself by identifying with the ego. But you can never change what you are. 
So let's take another reading here. This is from chapter 31, The Final Vision. Um, this is from section 6, sorry, 7, The Saviour's Vision, and paragraph 12. Whatever form temptation seems to take, it always but reflects a wish to be a self that you are not. The story, the story of me. And from that wish, a concept arises, teaching that you are the thing you wish to be. It will remain your concept of yourself until the wish that fathered it no longer is held dear. But while you cherish it, you will behold your brother in the likeness of the self whose image has the wish begot of you. For seeing can but represent a wish because it has no power to create. Yet it can look with love or look with hate, depending only on the simple choice of whether you would join with what you see or keep yourself apart and separate. So this is the same sentiment here. Um, just to explain little bits of it, well, let's go through it again. Whatever form temptation seems to take, it always but reflects a wish to be a self that you are not, a thought made self, a story of a body. Um, something that's defined by a non-existent past or a fantasized future, rather than the present moment awareness that you are in the Holy Spirit. And from that wish, a concept arises teaching you that you are the thing you wish to be. And it will remain your concept of yourself until the wish that fathered it is no longer held dear, the wish to be separate. But while you cherish it, you will behold your brother in the likeness of the self whose image has the wish begot of you. So you who are unlimited awareness now in the present moment, undefined by stories of a past that never happened and a future that never comes. Um, when you identify as something you are not, a story, a person, a body, and insane voice talking to itself, once you've done that, the next step inevitably is that you will make for unlimited awareness, another self for your brother. And you will not see your brother as what he is as a present moment awareness in the Holy Spirit right now, which is the same thing you are. You will not see that. Instead, you will see a story. You'll see a person. You'll see a body. So that's what Jesus is saying there in that section. Okay, let us move along and let's look at chapter 31, the final vision. And this is uh, section seven, um, the Savior's vision, paragraph seven. The concept of the self stands like a shield, a silent barricade before the truth and hides it from your sight. All things you see are images because you look on them as though a barrier that dims your sight and warps your vision so that you behold nothing with clarity. The light that you are is kept from everything you see. At most, you glimpse a shadow of what lies beyond. 
Um, I guess in that last part, what Jesus is saying is, you know, if you are identified as a separate self, then any sense of inspiration that you have is, is but a shadow of the truth beyond your concept of yourself, your separate self, your ego identity, the self that you made out of stories. Okay, so I think that's clear. So the first pronoun error, error is that there is me, the body, me, the story, born in what must die, limited by it, defined by it. That's the first pronoun and error. And the minute I identify as the self I've made for myself out of stories and thoughts, um, then next comes all the other pronoun errors, that there's a you, that there's a he, that there's a she. That there's a good person and a bad person and a holy person and a non-holy person. People that are helpful to me and people that are unhelpful to me. All stories. And so the light of the pure awareness that we always are here now in the Holy Spirit is kept from everything that we see. And all of that stems from the belief that I am something I'm not that I'm a story, something with a past and a future. Okay. Um, this was the uh, passage I was looking for earlier, so we might as well have this one as well. Um, this is from the workbook and it's 151. Can this be judgment? You have often been urged to refrain from judging, not because it is a right to be withheld from you. You cannot judge. You merely can believe the ego's judgments, all of which are false. It guides your senses carefully to prove how weak you are, how helpless and afraid, how apprehensive of just punishment, how black with sin, how wretched in guilt. So again, Jesus says, if that's how you feel, there's only one problem and there's one solution to every problem because they're all the same problem, which is that you think you're something you're not. You think you're a body. You think you're an insane voice talking to itself. You who are unlimited in the Holy Spirit believe you are a self-imposed illusory illusion of yourself, limitation of yourself. And you're experiencing the limitation as suffering. And then what you're doing is you're denying the suffering, uh, splitting it off and projecting it out onto the world, blaming it on the world and saying, world, you did this to me. You are the cause of my suffering. Behold my victimhood. And so the only thing that can ever hurt us is the sense of me, the separate self, the story. All pain comes from the sense of me. And that's why we have the appeal of things like alcohol and drugs. It's why people are driven towards suicide. 
It's because the sense of me is incredibly painful. As soon as the unlimited apparently take on limitation, illusory limitation, it's experienced as suffering and lack and need and desperation and terror and fear. And again, that gets denied, split off, projected out onto the world, and we tell the world did this to me. And the only thing that's ever causing us pain is that we believe we are limited. We are a limitation. You who light and joy and peace abide in because God put them there. And nothing can remove that. Nothing can change that. It can only be apparently veiled by identification with ego thoughts, feelings, and stories that are not you. So, if we were to talk about our forgiveness process, um, let's take one more reading because it's beautiful. The Holy Spirit asks of you but this, bring to him every secret you have locked away from him. Open every door to him and bid him enter the darkness and lighten it away. At your request, he enters gladly. He brings the light to darkness if you make the darkness open to him. But what you hide, he cannot look upon. He sees for you, and unless you look with him, he cannot see. The vision of Christ is not for him alone, but for him with you. Bring, therefore, all your dark and secret thoughts to him and look upon them with him. He holds the light and you the darkness. They cannot coexist when both of you together look on them. His judgment must prevail and he will give it to you as you join your perception to his. Now, here is the, 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 the very familiar theme in the course, which says, if you look on guilt, suffering, it will disappear. It will disappear. So if we talk about our forgiveness process, this idea of looking with the Holy Spirit has to be non-judgmental looking. In the very beginning, when consciousness appears to happen um, and consciousness split into the ego and the Holy Spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit did nothing. It didn't respond to the ego. Because that would, that would give the ego some kind of validity or reality or mean the ego is in some way um, a problem instead of the nothingness appearing as something, as Jesus says, uh, it means nothing. Okay. And so the Holy Spirit is non-judgmental awareness. Non-judgmental awareness. That is what the Holy Spirit is. 
Holy Spirit looks on the ego and doesn't respond. No judgment. Love doesn't oppose. The Holy Spirit just shines as the truth. The memory of God and Christ as one in consciousness. All the Holy Spirit does. And the very presence of the Holy Spirit um, completely dispels any notion that separateness or the ego is true. And so Jesus is saying, you, consciousness, the split mind, split between the ego and the Holy Spirit, um, if you, consciousness, are right-minded, if you join with the Holy Spirit and accept this as what you are, the darkness you look on can't stand. It can't stand. And so if we have a situation, something happens in the world, and it appears like suffering arises. It appears that way because cause and effect, which are always one and cannot be separate. In the dream, they seem like they're separate and they seem like they're reversed. So the world never causes suffering and guilt. Uh, guilt and suffering cause the world. But something happens in the world and it seems like our response is pain and suffering. The very first port of call is, I'm never upset for the reason I think. Why? Because what I am is unlimited awareness in the Holy Spirit. I have overlooked what I am in the Holy Spirit, what I always am here now in this moment, and it's only ever this moment without the thought made identity. If I overlook that to identify with a story, a limitation of myself, and then suffering arises and a need arises and a need to manipulate the world to be a certain way so I can be okay as a limited ego, and then the world is not complying, and then suffering arises. And then there's the, there's the proclamation, the world did this to me. But no, no, the only thing causing pain is the false identification as an ego, as a thought made self, as a self I've made out of stories about a past that's not real and a future that's never going to happen. That's where the lack and the need and the want and the craving and the self-loathing and the hatred, that's where it all stems from. And now, because I'm trying to get the world just right and to behave itself so I can be okay as this illusory ego identity, because I'm never okay and I'm constantly trying to be okay and the world's not complying and I'm not okay and I'm suffering. Again, that's got nothing to do with the world. Suffering is only arising because I think I'm something I'm not. I think a judgment that the world shouldn't be like this, that's my judgment. But Jesus just said to us there, you can't judge. 
You can only believe the ego's judgment. Now, the ego is not a demon. The ego is a thought system. But you can only believe the ego's judgments, but you yourself can't judge. So the minute there's a judgment, the minute there's an evaluation, the minute there's an interpretation, a perception of events, um, you're, you're, you're apparently lost to ego and veiling from yourself the identity of what you are that's always okay. As awareness, not as a person. There's no such thing as a person. There's only awareness, either aware of itself, which is being in the Holy Spirit, right-minded consciousness, the decision-maker joins with the Holy Spirit as a non-judgmental observer, as Ken would put it. There's only that, or there is awareness apparently veiled from itself by an activity of identifying with things that's not you. A body and an ego thought system playing like a radio. So there's no such thing as a person. There's just a awareness, either aware of what it is here now in this moment or unaware of what it is here now in this moment. Apparently. So getting back to our forgiveness example, um, events take place. It seems like there is a reaction which is suffering. And the first port of call is I'm never upset for the reason I think. The reason I'm upset is because I think I'm a person. I think I'm a body. I think I'm this insane voice talking to myself. I think I am the person with memories of my school days and everything I've been through and all my old relationships and my relationships with my parents. And, and it's made me like this and I'm this type of a person and I'm in this situation and I have needs and I, all lies. Because that's not what you are at all. That's a story. Jesus says the one truthful thing we can say about the past is that it's not here now. So it has no power over what you are. What you are here now in this moment has got nothing to do with that. That is just a story. And it's not about you. <laughs> it's not about you. What you are is present moment awareness in the Holy Spirit right now non-judgmental observer, as Ken would say. Awareness. That's all you are now. Everything else is a story that's not about you. You know, Jesus tells us in the Course, none of your thoughts are your real thoughts. Any personal mind thoughts, not yours. He says, when you think you're thinking, your mind's actually blank. He says, the reason the idea for today's lesson applies is that none of your thoughts are your real thoughts. That's why it applies equally to all of them. None of them. Not the ones you think are unholy and not the ones you think they're holy. <laughs> none of them. <laughs> none of your thoughts. Not your thoughts about how bad you are. Not your thoughts about how good you are. Not your thoughts about how holy you are how accomplished you are, all that's a story. The only thing you are is present moment awareness. Knowing itself and its wholeness now. And all you can ever be is that or deluded. 
And Jesus says, you've one problem and there's one solution to every problem because it's all the same problem. You think you're something you're not. And all you have to do is undo, undo your mistaken decision to identify as a thought made self, um, a story that's not you, thoughts that are not yours. Um, all, he's saying all you have to do is undo your mistaken identification with that and you'll feel what you are in the Holy Spirit. And you'll know your wholeness now. In this moment. And the darkness will collapse before what you are in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Always. The darkness cannot stand against the light of what you are here now. In this moment, which is the only moment there is, the darkness cannot stand. Because it has nothing to do with who you are. It's the ego's darkness and the ego's not you. And the minute you stop identifying as an ego and identify with what you are as non-judgmental awareness in the Holy Spirit now, darkness can't stand. It was only ever to do with thinking you're something that you're not, separate. So again, if we go to our first reading today, Jesus saying to Helen, the correction of fear is your responsibility. When you ask for release from fear, you're implying that it is not. You should ask instead for help in the conditions that have brought the fear about. These conditions always entail a willingness to be separate. And he goes on, at that level, you can help it. You don't have to identify with a story of yourself. The poor victim. All I've been through, I've suffered so much. I've been through so much in my life. How does anyone keep going with the whole thing? That's a story. That's nothing to do with you. That's the ego story. Light and joy and peace abide in you because God put them there. And the minute you identify as non-judgmental awareness in the present moment, that's your experience. Which is why Jesus says, I need do nothing. He says, if you can understand this, you'll save yourself centuries of effort. There is nothing for you to do. There is nothing for you to fix. You don't have to, you know, stop doing anything or start doing things or follow spiritual practices. Or he's saying, you don't have to do any of that. You need do nothing. nothing. You don't need to become enlightened. <laughs> you are the light of non-judgmental awareness in this moment in the Holy Spirit. Already true. The only thing you have to do is stop identifying with an ego that's not you. Yes, thoughts are happening, but nobody's thinking them and they don't belong to anyone. They're just the ego's thoughts. They're not yours. You know, what are thoughts but judgments, opinions, evaluations? Jesus is saying, you can't judge. It's your non-judgmental awareness in the Holy Spirit. So you don't have a judgment problem. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's the ego's judgment. The only thing you have to do is undo your mistaken identification as a body, a physical and a psychological body, a story of me, the unhappy me. All I've been through, how do I keep going? None of it's you. What you are in the Holy Spirit is beyond all stories and untouched by stories. The dream of me. Okay, so suffering arises. It's because I'm identified as something I'm not and it's experienced as suffering, but the world is getting blamed for it. First port of call, I'm never upset for the reason I think. I'm upset because I'm identified as an illusion of myself. So what I have to do is remember what I am. And Jesus is saying, if you remember what you are, the darkness can't stand. Watch. You join your perception to the Holy Spirit, and the darkness can't stand. They can't coexist, is what he's saying. So how do we do that? We have to stop judging. Just like the Holy Spirit in the very apparent beginning <laughs> that looked at the ego and didn't respond to it. That's how we join with the Holy Spirit, which is non-judgmental awareness. And so what we have to do is we can't go, oh, behold my suffering. Okay, I need to go through a forgiveness process here. How do I fix the suffering? Let me fix the suffering. Let me think happy thoughts. Let me think about, you know, the light. Let me think about the light. Let's get away from this darkness. No. There is nothing. You see, you need do nothing. But the minute you overlook what you are in this moment to identify what a, a self made out of stories um, and the terrible suffering begins and the lack and the need and the self-loathing, all of it begins. And what does that lead to? Seeking and resisting, seeking and resisting, seeking and resisting, seeking and resisting. I want, I want, I want, I need, I need, I need. I can't have that. Push that away from me. Push that away from me. Push that away from me. Okay, so that is the mechanics, that there is nothing to the thought made self, the story made out of a non-existent past and a potential future that will never come. There is nothing to that self that doesn't exist other than seeking and resisting. And so that which resists the ego is ego. That which is seeking to change the ego or fix the ego or stop the ego or silence the ego is ego. It is just more seeking and resisting. Born of lack. Born of pain. So we need a way for us to experience what we are in the Holy Spirit. And so what we do is completely counterintuitive to the ego, <laughs> alien to the ego, so much so it sounds absolutely ridiculous. What do we do? 
we welcome what is. Radical allowing. Radical allowing. Welcoming what is. A complete dropping of all seeking and resisting and trying and wanting and needing and fighting and clawing stops. We drop the story that the world did this to me. We understand the pain has got nothing to do with stories. The pain is because I'm identified as a story that I think is me. This is the pain of separate identity. It is the terrible pain of the sense of me. The separate self. And so what we do is we, we welcome the emotion that's there without the stories. We welcome it. A radical allowing of the emotion to be there exactly as it is. And whatever the insane voice talking to itself is spinning propaganda about how the world did it to me and how do I keep going? <laughs> we let, we allow it. Radical allowing. Radical non-resistance. Radical non-interference. Because all of the thoughts, all of the feelings, the guilt, and all of the wanting to fix it is ego. And the only way for you to separate yourself out from that mess that's not you is radical allowing. Radical allowing, no resistance. You know, it's the old saying, to beat the devil, don't resist. Absolute non-resistance. And in that non-resistance to what is, whatever mess is going on, non-resistance, you separate out from the mess. And peace arises in your mind. There's probably a sense of it being in the background, first of all. And that peace is not an emotion. That peace is the innate quality of what you are in the Holy Spirit. Now, there is a mess going on. There's guilt and there's pain and the insane voice is having a field day with its propaganda about what the world did to it. All that's going on there, but hang on. A peace has arisen in the back of my mind. That's the peace of the Holy Spirit. That's the peace of the non-judgmental awareness. You really are at least your right-minded identity. Now there's peace and there's non-peace. Now the next step is understanding that you are the peace and not the mess. It's the ego's mess. It's the ego's thoughts. It's the ego's fear. It's the ego's feelings. It's the ego's hate. But it's not you. 
you're the peace. The memory of what you are has arisen again through radical allowing a non-resistance of the ego's darkness. And the coup d'etat is where you make your stand as the peace and not the mess. Where you stop identifying with the stories of what you are. And you accept what you really are here now in this moment, which is a present moment awareness. The peace that has arisen in your mind, the spaciousness around the mess is you. You're not the mess. You're the spaciousness that's arisen, the peace, the stillness. You're not a person. All your pain comes from thinking you're a person. The sense of me, the self made out of stories. All your pain comes from thinking that's you. And your instant release is knowing it's not. You are what has arisen again in your awareness through not fighting the darkness. In not fighting the darkness, the light that you are arises in your mind as a peace. As you practice this process, you know, that peace is going to reveal itself as a joy. One of my coaching clients recently called it an excitement. Um, just different words for for an experience of, of what it is to touch into what you always are here now in this moment. And in time, it will reveal itself as love. That you are. And you can only know what you are, realign with the truth of who you are in the Holy Spirit. Um, the right-minded truth, you can only do that through non-resistance of the ego's mess. Radical non-interference, radical allowing of whatever is there. That's what Jesus means when he says, the Holy Spirit will give his judgment to you as you join your perception to his. To be what you are in the Holy Spirit that can't judge, not that isn't judging, but that can't judge. The judgments aren't yours. You were just deluded about what you are. You were lost in a story of me that's not you. The world's going to happen. It's going to come in. There's going to be apparent reactions to the world. Actually, whatever comes up is the reason the world is doing what it's doing. Cause and effect seem reversed. Um, I'm never upset for the reason I think. You must undo projection. You must, you know, you, you know, 
in in the group, you know, several times a day, several days a week. Someone goes, but but what do I do in this situation? <laughs> what do I do in this situation? Like like this is a different situation, and it's like the situation doesn't matter. Situation doesn't matter in the slightest. Are you upset? Yes. Well, that's because you think you're an ego. Now you're just blaming a situation. You have one problem and there's one solution to every problem because every problem is the same problem. If you think you're a, you have a problem, you don't know what you are. You're deluded. You're identified with an illusion of yourself made out of stories that are not about you. And so whatever the pain is, whatever the hurt is, it's the pain and it's the hurt of separateness. It's the pain and hurt of believing you who are unlimited are limited. That you have to fear for survival as a body. That you have to fear for the opinions of other people. That you have to fear for the health of the body. What does it have to do with you? You who are unlimited awareness without boundary, without separation, without limit. Awareness here now in this moment. So, in our course practice, let's stop messing around people. What we need is an experience. Let's up our game here with this welcoming and allowing and let's understand what's really going on you're not there as a separate self going let me welcome the hurt so i can be okay as a separate self you'll never be okay as a separate self the suffering will never end the lack and the need and the self-loathing and the wanting and the striving and the seeking and the resisting and the hatred and the competition it will never end Your forgiveness process is you remembering what you are, waking up from the dream that you're a separate self, that you're a person, you are no such thing. And this is what we remember in forgiveness. I'm never upset for the reason I think. I'm upset because I think I'm limited. I'm upset because I think of problems. You who are unlimited in the Holy Spirit, who are without any semblance of lack or need or want for anything, are just clinging to a story of what you are that isn't true and then calling out to Jesus or the Holy Spirit like Santa Claus to like make you feel better as a separate self. But it doesn't work like that. You heard what Jesus says to Helen. I can't help you. Ask for help to remember what you are. To let go of clinging to stories that are not about you. 
all stories are lies. Say, ask for help with that. But he's also saying to us in our passage there, bring all your darkness to the Holy Spirit. He's saying, welcome, radical allowing, non-judgment of whatever mess is coming up made out of guilt and beliefs and thoughts and stories that have nothing to do with you. You welcome it. You radically allow it. You, you be present with it. You witness it. Why? Because only that will separate what you are as awareness out from what you're not. The ego circus. That's not you. None of the thoughts are you. None of the beliefs are you. None of the feelings are you. You, light and joy and peace abide in you because God put them there. And as you welcome the darkness, as you allow the darkness, as you radically allow the darkness, as you cease all resistance, radical non-interference, the minute you do that, the truth, the light of what you are rises in your mind. And as you make your stand as the light, not the imaginary person, not the body, as you make your stand as the light, the darkness collapses. The power of the hell we think we made must collapse before the truth of what you are in the present moment. As awareness, not a story. Okay, <laughs> talking loads again. Let's address some questions uh so if you have a question throw your hand up um virtually and we'll get to you and eli my lovely assistant is there anything for us to address in the chat box yes um this one came in even just before you even started talking oh, okay. and she wants to re she wants to remain anonymous so she sent it directly to me anyway i'll read this out my dog died on Friday after my husband lied to me and said he checked on my dog's cry for help when I asked him if my dog was okay in the kitchen. He lied and just neglect, ne I have a hard time with that word, neglectfully, no. Um, it means it's okay. like he neglected anyway. Yeah. Left yeah. my dog, yeah. my tongue doesn't want to wrap around that word. So anyway, left my dog alone to suffer as he drank his coffee in the next room. My dog suffered as he suffocated to death and I found him dead after my husband left work. After my husband, I found him dead after I, my husband left work. I am so angry at my husband for this lie and for all his years of lying about his constant cheating my brain is in a continuous thought loop of wishing a horrible death for my husband especially as he expresses no remorse or even comfort to me just blames me for his ongoing cheating and now for not checking on the dog myself please help Keith as I'm feeling like I'm going to explode yeah, so first of all, um, we're all with you. That's that's a lot. Um, but again, as we've been talking about today, um, your plea 
please help me is a plea for the dissolution of the one who wants help. We have, we have one problem, which is that we think we are a thing that needs people to behave a certain way, that, that craves people to love us and treat us. Because you see, as soon as we are identified with the limitation of ourselves, there is self-loathing, there is um, self-hatred, there is guilt, unspeakable guilt. Um, the suffering is, is, is excruciating. And then what we do is we, we want to find people in the world who will treat us like we have value so that we might believe that about ourselves, even though secretly we despise ourselves. Apparently, light and joy and peace abide in you because God put them there. But once we've identified with an illusion of ourself, a self made out of stories and the past that never happened and the future that never comes, once we do that, the self-hatred is appalling. The guilt is horrific. And we want to have the world behave a certain way towards us. We crave this special love where like somebody is going to treat us well in order that we who despise what we are and feel wholly inadequate that we might, that that suffering might be alleviated. And so again, the problem is not when we have someone in our life who's not keeping their special relationship bargain. That's not the cause of our upset. We were trying to use that person as a lid to cover over the horrific, horrific self-hatred and lack of um, any kind of regard for what we are. Um, we were trying to use someone to be a lid that would push it down and we could actually feel okay as a separate self, as an illusion of ourselves. Because if somebody is treating me well, it must mean I have some value and, I, and I'm feeling good. So it's a lid. It's a lid that's pushing down the guilt and self-hatred of being a separate self. And then the minute that person breaks their bargain, the minute they don't do what they're supposed to do to love us the way they're meant to do, to show us that we have worth the way we need them to, because we think we're something we're not, we don't need anything. But because we think we're something we're not, and now we need them to do this for us and they're not doing it. What happens is all that self-hatred and inadequacy and pain and guilt all bursts up under the lid we were trying to use the other person to be. And the suffering is all there. And now we go, you did this to me. You put this in me. Look what you did to me. But the world can't do anything to us. So whoever asked the question, I want you to know that we are all holding you dear and seeing you as the light that you are. That's a lot to be dealing with when you think you're something you're not. But it's not the source of your pain. The source of your pain is that you don't know what you are. 
when you return to what you are in the Holy Spirit, there is just wholeness. There is no need. There is no want, no self-hatred, no needing people to use people as covers over how much we despise ourselves. None of that's necessary when you return to your identity in the Holy Spirit. And from there, all we want to do is extend the wholeness that's there to everyone. And we have absolutely no requirements of them whatsoever. Because the wholeness is already there. So once we, you know, once we're trying to become whole in the world, it's hopeless because the separate self can't be whole. The separate self is the rejection of the wholeness of what you really are in the Holy Spirit. And it doesn't matter whether you're with a good person in a marriage or a bad person in a marriage or whatever else happens in the situation. It doesn't matter. The separate self can't be whole. If it's not upset because the husband has been cheating, um, you know, it'll get just as upset because he wouldn't put the toilet seat down or because he let his, left socks on the floor. The suffering is there anyway. So what I want you to do is to be incredibly loving and patient with yourself. And I want you to give yourself a chance to know what you are. And that all of this is just a nightmare from thinking you're something you're not, a self-made out of thoughts. You are present moment awareness in the Holy Spirit. And how you do that is that you begin how we always begin. I am never upset for the reason I think. Because there is a situation in your life um, and it requires some decisions. Do I stay with my husband? Do I not stay with my husband? What do I do if I don't? What do I do if I do? And if you identify with a story of yourself, whatever decisions you make are going to be tainted and polluted by need and fear and terror and hate and guilt and judgment. And all egos are driven to punish themselves, driven to create pain for themselves. Um, and, and if you stay identified as a thought made self at the mercy of the world, then whatever decision you make is tainted by all that mess and nothing good's going to come out of it. But if, if you can take Jesus at his word, that you're not what you think you are light and joy and peace abide in you because God put them there. And if you can put into practice what he's saying to us today, I'm never upset for the reason I think. I can't, I can't be, you can't be upset. It's impossible for you to know upset. What suffers isn't part of me. It's not your upset. It's the ego's upset. It's the upset of separateness. 
It's the upset of guilt. It's the upset of feeling so inadequate. All of that. And it's not yours and it's not you. Right now, light and joy and peace abide in you in this moment, here now. But to get to that, it's going to require the bravery of, I'm never upset for the reason I think. And allowing all the pain to be there. Radical allowing of it. Welcoming of it. Non-interference. No fighting of it. And as all that activity stops, what you are rises in your mind as the peace. And so be very gentle with yourself. Very patient with yourself. Jesus says, only infinite patience produces immediate effects. You are not here to have a perfect marriage. You are not here to create world peace. You are not here to help people. You're here to wake up. That's the purpose of us being here. And all things work together for good except in the ego's judgment. What could you not accept if you but knew that all things past, present and to come are gently planned by one whose only purpose is your good? And so what you're being presented with is an opportunity for you to undo the guilt of separateness and restore the light of God in your mind. Now, there's going to be some element of, but hang on, what about me as an ego? And, you know, but you're not an ego. The only pain you have is thinking you're something you're not. And so, as Jesus said to Helen, ask for help with the cause of your upset, which is your belief that you're a story, a body, an insane voice talking to itself. You're not the insane voice talking to itself. You are the fathomless silence. The stillness, the no-thingness that shines as the light in the entire apparent world. That's what you are. And all that's blocking that from you is the belief that you're a self. Made out of stories. So I want to just ask you during your day <clears throat> to deny nothing that's going on in your head to welcome it to allow it and to feel what you are that can allow it because that's what you are it's the light of the world which is what you really are So I'm not a marriage guidance counsellor and it's not my position to tell you what to do in the world. Um, but I can tell you what Jesus is saying to you about how to be peaceful and how to undo all pain by looking at it. So I hope it's some way helpful. Eli, where should we go next? Okay, there's more still in the um, chat to get to and then we'll go to the raised hands. 
Anyway, Jennifer Harvey says, could you please speak to the present issue of one person identifying as plural, they slash them? Is there a course interpretation? Yeah, so what we're talking about here is um, confusion. And so it's someone who's confused and it's someone who's misperceiving a situation. And it's someone who's misperceiving themselves. And that's not the person with the pronoun difference. That's you. You think you're a body. You think you who are light and joy and peace in the present moment in the Holy Spirit think you are a body. Think you have a sex. Think you have a past. You, you believe beliefs in your mind that are not yours, the egos, um, and think you have a future. And then what you're doing is you're looking at present moment awareness and the Holy Spirit in front of you. And you can't see it. You're seeing a body. You're seeing an ego. You're seeing a story and saying, that's my brother. And my brother's story is wrong. But actually, <laughs> you think you're a story and you're seeing unlimited awareness as a story. Your brother is not a story. And neither are you. There is just the unlimited awareness we are in the Holy Spirit always in this moment. And it's got nothing to do with bodies. And it's got nothing to do with the voice in your head. And it's got nothing to do with personalities. And it's got nothing to do with feelings. And it's got nothing to do with thoughts. Nothing. Um, it is awareness. It is what you are. And when you know that's what you are, you see through all stories as lies. If someone thinks they're a he, it's a lie. If someone thinks they're a she, it's a lie. If someone thinks they're a they, it's a lie. There's no people. There's just awareness. Awareness aware of itself in the Holy Spirit in this moment, which is the only moment that there is. There is just that. Or there's awareness not, apparently not knowing what it is because it's identified as things that are lies, images. And then what it does is it looks at unlimited awareness everywhere and sees stories instead of awareness. Jesus says your brother has a changelessness in him. That's what's true. Everything else is false. So if your brother was a he and now they think they're a she or now they think they're a they, none of that's true. They are a changelessness. They are beingness. They are awareness. That's what your brother is. It doesn't matter what stories he, your brother believes about himself. He's only ever awareness. But if you think the story matters, it's because you think you're a story and you're not. Lesson one. In a, sorry, workbook lesson one in A Course in Miracles. Nothing I see means anything at all. I see bodies. It means nothing. 
nothing. I see stories about people who were a he and now they want to be a they. What does that mean? Nothing. Nothing. I see people who were he's and they had operations and they became she's. What does that mean? Nothing. I see people out there killing each other. What does that mean? Nothing. Nothing I see means anything at all. They are just images. It is just holiness. Apparently appearing as something it can't be. And it doesn't mean anything and there's no point to it. Because the holiness is all that, that's real. And when you know that of yourself, you, you know that of the entire world. You teach that to the entire world. That none of the stories are mean anything. Now you're the light of the world. Now the lighthouse is lit. That is you. The lamp that can shine into every apparently separate mind out there and say you're not a story. You're not a man, you're not a woman, you're not a human. You're not a species. And you're not special, you're not separate. You are the one light of Christ. So Jesus in, in, in workbook lesson two says, I've given everything I see all the meaning it has for me. So he's told you it means nothing. And now you've given it all the meaning that it has for you. Wrong meaning. Because <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. But you have put a wrong meaning on it. And you've done that because it's a judgment of yourself you don't want to face. And you need someone else to judge. But only because you think you're something you're not. Because you can't judge. And so again, I'm never upset for the reason I think. And can I welcome whatever fear was coming up about people who want to be days? Can I welcome whatever judgment was there? Can I welcome whatever fear, whatever pain? Can I welcome the feelings that are there? Because they're all about me. Got nothing to do with a movie that's playing. That means absolutely nothing. Whatever's coming up, all about what I think about myself. But only because I think I'm an illusion of myself. And so can I welcome it? Can I allow it? And as I do, what I really am slips out from the mess. And as I make my stand as the peace, everything else drops away as insignificant. And now I can extend the Holy Spirit. I can see beyond all the stories. I can see beyond all the bodies that don't mean anything. And I can see the light of the awareness that's all there is. Our shared purpose is to awaken from the dream of me, the separate self. 
that is your shared purpose, whatever you parent person out there. And so you do it for yourself. You extend the truth of what you really are. Beyond all stories. Unlimited. Anything else in the chat box, Eli? Yes, actually, um, with that question, uh, Jennifer had another one added to it. Just wait, I have to scroll back up. Okay, her second question um, was, would a different chunk of God have lived this body's life if this chunk had not? There's no chunks to God. No chunks to God. And uh, body, there's nobody in bodies. I'm not a body, I'm free. I'm still as God created me. And there's no chunks missing out of God. And what I am in this moment, this here now, in this present moment, which is the only moment that there is, that is God and Christ as one in consciousness. It is the memory and consciousness of God and Christ as one. There is no separateness. Because what I am is the truth behind all of the untrue images that mean nothing. Because what I am as this memory of God and Christ as one in consciousness that's what all the images are only apparently made out of. That oneness of God and Christ is one. That one as the only truth is only apparently appearing as things it can't be. Bodies, happenings, thoughts, feelings, all of it is holiness, just apparently appearing as something that means nothing and there's no point to it. And so we remember, we notice when we're thinking there's a point to this, putting our meaning on things that mean nothing. And we realize, oh, I'm insane. I'm insane. Nothing means anything. First lesson of the workbook, I'm insane. Let me go back to what I am. The holiness. The awareness. Not a person. There's no such thing as people. The awareness. And let me see that as the truth of everything that's apparently happening. Anything else you like? Yes, um, this is from Dawn. We'll, we'll do um, Dawn, and then we, we have more in the chat, but we can do Nikki, just trying to keep okay. things in order yeah. for everybody. Okay. So, okay. Okay. So uh, Dawn asks, can you explain what happens when we see beauty in the world? For example, nature, flowers, etc. Is that the ego or the Holy Spirit? Thank you.
So the way in which the truth of what we are um, bleeds into the world is through love and through beauty. I think if we are to try to define beauty, I think it's something that evokes something in us that's beautiful. Or seems to. Um, seems to because there's no cause in the world. But what you are is unlimited awareness in the Holy Spirit. And what you are is, has the innate qualities of peace and joy and love and beauty. Um, it has those qualities. But it's all covered over by thinking you are a limitation of yourself that's needing and wanting and clinging. And all that's apparent is clinging and resisting and wanting and resisting and seeking and resisting and seeking and resisting and needing more and more and more and more and seeking and resisting. And that's all that's there. And it's apparently veiling the truth, the peace, the joy, the love that's there in the Holy Spirit. It's getting veiled by the activity of seeking and resisting. And, and when we have, because beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So for one person, they could behold a beautiful flower. And because of past stories about a past that never happened, um, there's the idea, I, I do love flowers. And so for that person, they could see a flower and it's it. And because of their the ego preferences, um, in that moment, because they see the flower, the seeking and resisting of the mind stalls. Once the seeking and resisting stalls, the truth, the peace, the joy, the beauty of what you are in this moment rises in your awareness and you'll say wow the flower <laughs> flowers did that but it didn't because there's no cause in the world the only thing that causes you to feel something like that because it's not a feeling it's the innate qualities of what you are is the end of resisting and seeking the temporary course end and as that stops the truth of what you are rises but there tends not to be a recognition of that instead it's like nature did that nature relaxes me no it doesn't the seeking and resisting stops when you go into nature and you feel the relaxation and the peace and the joy of what you are and you'll say ah nature does that for me it doesn't
So in the same way, someone else with hay fever is not going to look at a rose <laughs> and go, wow, beauty. Instead, you know, so, so the, 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 the rose is not, as it did the first time, temporarily going to get them past the blocks to the awareness of what they are in the Holy Spirit. Instead, it's going to be an actual new block to the awareness of the peace and the joy and the beauty and the love of what they are in the Holy Spirit. Okay, hope that makes sense. So shall we go to Nikki then, Eli? Yes, go ahead, Nikki. You can unmute yourself. Hey, everyone. Hi. Hi, Nikki. Um, hi. Um, so, Keith, yes, you talk um, a good amount about how we are to cease all resistance and to just begin to radically allow uh, mm -hmm. whatever comes up. So with, with the lessons that I was facing, especially this week and a little bit with last, was how, you know, dealing with the body and just random pain and things that would come up. And Keith, when I tell you, I stop fighting. I just allow these thoughts, whether, you know, you have like a blood clot or like cancer. I allowed everything to come up and mm -hmm. just to begin um, to say, you know what, I'm never upset for the reason I think. And Keith, I would just lay in my bed and let the thoughts come and then look at it with Jesus, um, look at it with Jesus Christ um, in the theater. And I did this consistently. And I'm, I want to ask when I go through my day, I get a sense of like, it's just quiet in a sense. And there's a state of it's, it's calm to where I'm not trying to defy anything. Is that, is That's that you. the awareness? That's is that you. Oh, okay. I'm like, what is you. that? That's okay. you. You. Okay. None of the noise in your head is you. None of it. None of it. Not the stuff that you think is the good noise. Not the stuff that you think is the bad noise. None of it. You are the peace, the stillness, the beingness, the awareness. That's the right-minded truth of what you are. Wow. You're not any of the noise. You're not a personality. That's not you. That's just apparent stories in the past creating a thought-made self with preferences and aversions and desires to be good in some ways and get appreciation of people in other ways. But that's not you. And in the same way, you can't get a blood clot because you don't right. have a body. Right, Keith. I know. Yes. And and so I... that fear, that fear of I will die. You see, look, what you are is eternal, unchanging, absolute and unassailable. And what you are as awareness in the present moment reflects the truth of that. It's not the total mm -hmm. truth, but, but it reflects the truth of what you are in consciousness. Um, and then what you do is we, we overlook what we are as awareness to identify as a limitation of ourselves, a separate mm -hmm. self. A, a body. And and now we who are eternal, unchanging, absolute and unassailable, now we're preoccupied with I need to survive as a body. Right. What if the body does this? What if the body does that? What if the body blah? But you're not a body. You don't have a body. And you can't die. And you can't be sick. Again, light and joy and peace abide in you because God put them there. All you can do is misidentify 
as a body, as a physical and mental body and believe that you can die. But it's it's a lie. Yes. I'm telling you, that's what hit me, Keith. That is what hit me. Everything that you said, I'm telling you, that's what hit me. And it was such a freedom. And I was like, if I die, if I die, I can't die. So, yeah, I just wanted to ask what I was experiencing, like you're saying. That's what you're experiencing you. I'm experiencing you. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Because you're not a person. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thanks a million for sharing that, Nikki. Um, Keep up the good work. Um, Shall we go to Mariam then? Well, actually, we should go back to the chat. And okay, we'll be... I'll let you. I <laughs> best. <laughs> well, well, I try to keep things in order. So here we go. Thank this you is very from, much. Uh, Kirsten, now she had a question earlier, but she said that she thought you answered it, but then she added one, uh, another. So here's her question. Um, perhaps you could say something about if I am not upset for the reason I think, then it feels like I can't look at the upset because the upset is to do with the story. If I remove the story, how do I look at the upset? The upset is the story. So when I am spewing upset, tears, despair, I am still attached to the story. Is this en route to remembering who I am? Or if I am spewing this, bringing darkness to light, am I just still attached? The spewing doesn't seem like it would doesn't seem like it would happen if I really just acknowledged I'm not upset for the reason I think. It should be finished in that instant. So do I bring the ridiculousness away in the form of spewing? You need do nothing. You need do nothing. What you are in the Holy Spirit need do nothing. So all that's ever required is to know what you are in the Holy Spirit. So, I mean, see, what what you're saying is, well, I know the only problem I have is that I'm identifying as a separate self and therefore blaming the world for how upset I am. But, you know, can I do forgiveness and stay a separate self? No. (laughs) Forgiveness is remembering what you are. You're not a person. There's no people. There is no world. That is the central thought this course attempts to teach, which means there's never been a world. There's never been bodies. There's never been you growing up as a body with a certain personality and certain needs and wants in life and needing things. And it's not real. It's just holiness apparently appearing as something it's not and it doesn't mean anything and there's no point to it so if you're upset it's because you think you're something that doesn't exist a thought made self um and so don't do anything with that um welcome it welcome you wanting to be something that doesn't exist. Welcome it. Allow it. Do nothing with it. And as you stop all seeking and resisting, what you are will tell you of itself. 
because there is an allowing that's always there. That is what you are in the Holy Spirit. And the minute the seeking and resisting, the minute that stops, even if it's just you not resisting, the resisting of the ego, because all, all, none of it's you. You know, the body is not you. The thoughts are not you. The feelings are not, none of it's you, right? The story, it's not about you. It means nothing. <laughs> it's just wholly disappearing as something and it means nothing, right? None of it's you. The only problem you have is that you think it is. So if you're upset, it's because you think you're something you're not. Well, welcome wanting to be the thing that you're not. And if you do that, you'll separate out from wanting to be the thing that's not you. Because the want to be the thing that's not you, that's still ego. It's not you. So welcome the circus, the mess. Welcome any thoughts that you should fix it or change it. Because that's still not you. Because you need to do nothing. And then just welcome any thoughts that any of that has anything to do with what you are as awareness in the Holy Spirit. But can you do forgiveness um, to be happy as a separate self? No. <laughs> separate selves can't be happy. And separate selves can't forgive. At all. Ever. <laughs> okay, so you have to remember what you are and all you have to do is Whatever mess is going on in your head, don't fight it. Radically allow it. Non-resistance, non-interference, and instantly what you are rises in your mind. Now, it may take you two minutes, two hours, two days, two weeks before you are ready to make your stand as the peace that has risen in your mind. And not a person, not the separate self, not the self made out of stories, not the body, the person in the world. Who is the you who are living in the world? Spirit is immortal and immortality is a constant state. It implies no change at all. There's no you in the world. So as you're welcoming, what you are will rise in your mind as the peace. And the minute you're ready to make your stand as the peace and not the person, the darkness collapses. It has to. The gates of hell have to fall before what you are. But that's why we, Jesus says, forgiveness is still and quietly does nothing. It merely looks and waits and judges not. So the waiting is because fear may stop you from making your stand as the peace that has risen in your mind. So, so what do you do? Keep allowing. And in the allowing, the peace will rise in your mind. And, and then just wait until your fear of not being a person subsides and you make your stand as the light. And when you do, everything collapses. It has to. Okay, hope that makes sense. Uh, Christy's reply to you is, so if none of our thoughts mean anything, 
Why are we required to watch them? And what can they show us about ourselves if they mean nothing? Okay, okay, but that's what we've been talking about for the entire meeting. The reason you look without judgment and without interference, radical allowing of illusion is so that you can feel what you are. That's not that. The reason you look at your thoughts without judgment is so that what you are slips out from being apparently mixed up in the mess of thoughts thinking they're yours. So if you watch them without judgment, with radical allowing, you feel what you are that's not your thoughts. So that's that's the whole point of what we're saying today. The, the, the big course principle is that you must look at the error first in order to choose against it. Because in the looking, without judgment, you feel what you are that's not the error. And as you make your stand as that, then the error collapses. Anything else you like? Um, no, and actually that's a, my little goof up because there it was from a different Kirsty that ah, okay, very good. No second problem. one. But anyway, it's all cleared up now. <laughs> it's and, all good. Um, just something, uh, just holiness appearing as something that means nothing. <laughs> Doesn't mean anything good. at all. <laughs> so if you want, uh, we have two more hands up. And other than that, the chat is clear. So if you want to draw good. a line. We will draw a line. We will take two more questions and we'll draw a line. Marion, the stage is yours. Um, hi, everybody. Um, uh, before I say anything, I think I also saw Susan's hands went up, but she was just doing it on the picture, not on the icon. <laughs> so, um, Susan, if you want to put your, uh, under reaction, put your hands up. <laughs> Sorry, Keith. Go ahead. Um, so I want to share a miracle. And also I want to um, a comment on uh, something that um, I feel like I'm understanding a little bit more so that um, I'm never upset for a reason I think and also um, what does it have to do with the peace and love of God inside of my mind is the two things that I do on like constant <laughs> so I'm starting to see that um, I feel like there's a velcro so this body <laughs> that this beautiful pure self is attached to so this velcro is becoming a little separated so i can see that what does it have to do with the peace and love of god that is the inner most beautiful thing and the velcro is the body that just surfaces and it just sometimes it's there sometimes it's not there so yeah. it's something very beautiful that's happening brilliant um but um, yeah, so the practice of like any time that I feel like there's something upsetting me, I'm saying, what does it have to do? Peace, peace, of, peace and love of God that's inside of me. And also, I'm never upset for a reason. I think it really does magic. It does um, magic. Yes. Thanks, Mariam. It yeah. does. And, and it was where I started. Um, what does it have to do with the me that's what with Jesus? What does it have to do with the love and peace of the Holy Spirit in my mind? I did not feel the love and peace of the Holy Spirit in my mind in the midst of my anxiety disorder, but 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 I was putting my attention on it. I, I was I was acknowledging that the thoughts were not mine, that the fear was not mine, that the personality was not mine, that there was a me that wasn't this. And and just that thought 
um, the peace started to rise in my mind, as it will for anyone who welcomes their emotions, that does the radical allowing of them. In the allowing, you will feel the peace in your mind. It's guaranteed. Now, it may take you some time until your fear diminishes to know you are the peace and you're not a person. And the only problem you ever have is thinking you're a person, a story. Um, so thanks very much for sharing that, Mariam, because it's important that other people share the fact that it works. <laughs> yeah, and, um, I, and go ahead. one of my sister is basically, um, one of my sisters that we are doing the course Miracle Dailies with her, um, something happened to her. She was very upset and um, had anxiety. So she was practicing the lesson of the day, which is we were practicing the um, the God, um, the light of God is um, um, the I forgot the lesson 42 the, uh, <laughs> God's love is what I see uh, anyways okay. uh, but I think she was uh, she was putting the anxiety she was shoving it down because uh, she was not willing to feel it so I know some of the lessons are really beautiful but there's some lesson that just really cut to the core and go straight to the root of the problem yeah. Um, so I think um, that I'm never upset for a reason, I think. And what does it have to do with the love and God <laughs> in peace of mind inside of my mind is really does work. It really um, does. Yes. Yeah. So I think uh, the miracle, I think I had a glitch in my matrix. That's why I, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I felt like I got it. Um, so this uh, morning, uh, Friday morning, I was going to um, drop off my daughter at um, school. She had like many things in her. Um, she had many things that she had to take to school, uh, instruments and water bottle and various different things. So I was holding all some of her stuff at me and I um, hardly had my hand free to close the door behind me. And uh, I was asking my husband if can uh, close the door behind me and um something happened that I felt like so for for example if my brother is on the phone or something I feel like um he would not hear me because he's so in tune in that and my husband is not like that he always like hears me so for some reason I felt like he's on a different time zone and then I was like okay I'm not giving it much thought I'm going I close with like my pinky close the door <laughs> I head to school drop off my daughter before I came back home I'm like why am I feeling something is wrong it's the victimhood it's feeling that <laughs> now supported feeling all of that I'm like what why does it have to do with the peace of love of God so I was like it was a picture that I created it was a it was a movie that I created to put a person in front of me that would not respond to me so that <laughs> so I would bring up a guilt that's inside of me and feeling the victim I'm like but it's it's so it was like as if a frozen in time was happening in front of me because my husband never does that. And I'm like, why does it this does it feel right? Something is a little off in this movie. So I, that's why I feel like it was a glitch in my matrix. Right. <laughs> and so it was telling me you created the scenario of somebody not hearing you because you wanted to feel the guilt inside of it. And I'm like, this is so ridiculous. <laughs> it was beautiful Absolutely. <laughs> yeah that's what we do because there's a movie playing that means nothing um but then we put a meaning on it and go why did you look at me like that that means <laughs> or that means so we, we don't see the world we're, we're not seeing um 
the holiness appearing as something that means nothing. Um, mm -hmm. We're seeing um, our dream of what the world means. And we will put that meaning onto the world. So even if someone is um, giving us attention, then, you know, if that's in the movie, <laughs> it's holiness appearing as someone doing that. Um, but we'll just put our own dream in front of it and go, they weren't giving me attention. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. And thank <laughs> you, Mariam. Thinking, everything is thinking good. Very good. Thank you so much for yes. your teaching. Yeah. So um, nothing means anything at all. Lesson one in the workbook. Lesson one in the workbook. So I guess what we're saying today is you, your forgiveness practice, you have to understand you are the witness. That's what you are in the Holy Spirit. You are the witness to the ego, the ego's thoughts, the ego's feelings, the ego's um, body. You are the witness and it's not you. You are the witness. That's you're not a person. You are the witness. That's our course practice. Oh, I thought I was the person. Let me go back to the non-judgmental witness that I am in the Holy Spirit. That's our practice. Um, now, the witness is not ultimately what you are, um, but it is the practice of the Course in Miracles because it comes within an ego framework and because the purpose is to undo the investment in the ego separateness, the idea that I could be separate, that I could be something separate from a whole uh, that, that could be anything other than one. Um, that's what the course is about. Now, when, when the investment and in separateness is undone, so that's the ego is undone, then what happens is the awareness is undone and consciousness is undone. Um, and then there is just the one-mindedness. So no more split mind. The right mind did its job, awareness. It undid the wrong mind. Now the right mind, no longer necessary, disappears. Consciousness disappears. And then there is just beingness. But there's no one aware of beingness. <laughs> it's just beingness. So consciousness is still ego. Um, and once it's undone, there is just holiness apparently appearing as something that it's not, which means nothing and there's no point to it. And it's all, everything is wholeness now. Everything is wholeness now. But there's, there's nobody there saying it's wholeness. Um, so again, that's that's the step beyond uh, when, you know, consciousness getting undone um, or even before consciousness getting undone, even the one mindedness is the precursor to that. Um, but for the time being, that's why I would always say awareness is your right minded identity. I'm not saying it's your true identity because there is only God. Um, but yes, so that's what we're saying. Uh, your task is knowing yourself, 
not as a person, but as awareness until there's no more investment in the person. And then as that falls away, even awareness itself falls away. But for, for the time being, your right-minded identity is awareness. Okay, thank you very much. Um, Marina. Thank you, Keith, once again, for beautiful and clear teachings. Thank you and, very uh, much. And, and thank you also for all the times I thank you as I'm watching you on replay. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm having the garden variety of being with what seems to be reappearing in, and, and welcoming it and, and, and calling on Jesus and forgiving myself for not letting go and, and the ruckus voice. And so I'm having that. But I'm also having this new experience of where I bring it to Jesus and poof, it's gone. Like instantly, like it's just this vapor that evaporates and it is disorientating <laughs> and confusing. And like, I just feel this, it shakes me up and I go back into fear. And then I'm like, like it, yeah, like I'm, I'm confused. I just kind of get up and go on, but I'm like, like I'm stunned. Yeah, because, because you stepped out of being a me for a moment. The sense of me dissolved just for a yes. few moments there because 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 you had a holy instant the minute you have a holy instant which is recognizing that you're not a person that you don't have a past that you're not a body that you don't have a future the minute you identify as the awareness you always are here now in this moment and it's only ever this moment the minute that recognition occurs you are one with the holy spirit and the darkness has to collapse immediately it must collapse immediately. So our process of allowing and welcoming is only so that you, what you are slips out from the mess, from the apparent darkness. And then the, but so that's fine. But the minute you make your stand as the peace that rises, as that light, then everything must collapse. The gates of hell must fall before you. Um, and so that's what you're saying when you say it's gone immediately. Okay, so you've had a holy instant. And then obviously you're feeling disoriented afterwards is like, what the hell happens? <laughs> um, but, but, you know, all that's happening is that you're beginning to break the trance that you're a person and that stories have any power over you and that the past is anything but a fictional story. So you're beginning to experience that. So, so... So keep up the good work with that. Does that make sense, Marina? Yes, I, I guess like I was hoping for anticipating that when it would disappear, that I'd be in peace, not back to fear again. Yeah, but you, you know, you're 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 panicking because it because it vanishes and then you're like, um, oh my god, I'm not the story. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just fear. It's just fear. You had an experience of not being the story, and then you go oh my God, I'm not the story. And so you're back trying to cling to the story and gather it back to yourself. But that's fine. Why don't you just welcome the fear? Because the minute you welcome it, the minute there's radical non-resistance to what your ego is doing, because again, you're not doing that, Marina. That's just a story going on in your head that you're identifying with. Um, again, you can't judge. Um, you can't know fear. It, that, you know, so, so, so when that's happening, you, you just allow it. Remember, I need do nothing. So there's nothing to do. 
because even the disappointment going, oh, I thought there'd be peace. And that's just, that's not you. <laughs> that's not you. That's just, those thoughts aren't you. Okay. None of your thoughts are you. You, you know, you are the peace of the Holy Spirit. Um, and you're not made out of thoughts. Um, and, and so even as you notice yourself doing that, just, just, can I welcome that? And as you do, you're not the person saying, oh, I thought it would be peace anymore. Because not only is the lack of peace ego, but the desire to fix the, the lack of peace is ego. Because you are peace. Does that make sense? Yes. Thank you. Brilliant. Thanks for that, Marina. Susan, you are the main event. Everything has just been leading up to this point. <laughs> okay. Can you hear me? We can. Oh, thank you so much for taking my question. No um, I live in Toronto, Canada. So Very this cool. is the first time I've joined you. And ah, I'm so welcome. excited. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't I scare you, you off. On YouTube. I watched you on YouTube. And last week I tried Good. to join, but I was too late. There's a time change, of course. Okay. Um, so I think like most people, I have this sort of like bridge that I haven't crossed yet. And I get the principles and I understand what you're saying. And I've read the book and I've been reading it since 2010. Um, so there's so much peace that comes with how I feel most of the time. But like the lady who lost her dog and then has to deal with her husband who's cheated on her, we still have to live in the world and, and deal with situations. We still have to find the apartment that we have to move into and deal with movers and see if we have enough money to do it. When we're in that change that's happening, that's creating that resistance, that's where I find I haven't crossed that bridge yet, that I haven't, you know, like I still have to deal with that. Where is the peace that can come in then? When okay. we're in our daily lives and dealing with stuff that really hurts us or whatever. Okay. Um, you picked a doozy to bring us out on there, Susan. Um, Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, let me see now. Um, let's find a quote here. It's probably the one that I searched over. And it is, let me dig it out, just so I can give it properly. Um... The whole value of right perception lies in the inevitable realization that all perception, that's interpretation. Whenever you see perception in the course, Jesus means interpretation, the meaning that you're giving it to something that has no meaning and you're giving it all the meaning it has. And he's saying the only purpose of right perception, um, you should be realizing through it that there's no interpretation of anything needed. Your opinion is completely unnecessary on anything is what he's saying. And this removes the block entirely. And you may ask, 
how is this possible as long as you appear to be living in the world? And he says, that's a reasonable question, but you must be careful that you really understand it. Who is the you who are living in this world? Spirit is immortal, and immortality is a constant state. It is true now, as it ever was or ever will be, because it implies no change at all. It's not a continuum, nor is it understood by being compared to its opposite. Knowledge never involves uh, comparisons. So, in the answer to your question, <laughs> how do we live in the world? Jesus is saying to you, who's the you that's living in the world? Because there's no you living the, in the world. You mean like the, you're saying, you're asking me like, it's the ego, definitely. Definitely. I get, I understand that part. Okay. I still know that, you know, we have to pay the bills. We have to, right? We still have to function every day. We go to work. No, no. Paying the bills will apparently happen. Holiness will apparently appear as bills getting paid, uh, but there's nobody paying them. Okay. There's no you in the world. Okay. Okay. Breathing. Holiness will appear as breathing, um, but nobody's breathing. There's just there's just the appearance of breathing. Uh, working will apparently happen. Holiness will appear as working, but there's nobody working. You're not in the world. Um, and so what you are as awareness is not in the world. What you are as awareness is outside time and space. Now, what you are here now in this moment is not in time and space. Um, and there is a script playing, mm -hmm. apparently, um, where it appears there's a Susan that's that's doing all these things, but you're not Susan because you're not in the script. Okay. Okay. Um, and so when when we are identified with the illusory concept of a self in the world, there is no self in the world, but when we're pretending there's a self in the world, um, when we're pretending the ego's thoughts are our thoughts and the ego's feelings are our feelings and that the stories are about us, when we've okay. left the when we've left the present moment to identify with a limitation of ourselves that's not true, um, right. then we then we have the illusion that we are um, making decisions. Okay. Okay. I get um, that. I do but, get but, that. But but there's no decisions getting made by anyone because there's nobody in the world and you're not in the world. So decision is apparently happening, but there's nobody doing it. All that's happening is that there are apparent experiences leading to beliefs and leading to aversions and wants and preferences. And there are apparent decisions. And all that happens is a decision needs to be made and all the thoughts just fight with each other and one wins. But, but you're not you're not doing anything. Okay. <laughs> you're not in the world and they're not your thoughts. It's 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 a movie character. It's a script. And 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 that's why the script is written, because that's a complete foregone conclusion. Um, thought is just translating itself into thought is just translating itself into thought. So that's just a script and it's not you. OK.
Okay. And so the script, you know, everything will just apparently happen in this in the script. Um, now that's if you're identified with the the non-existent idea of, of a self that's in the world, uh, which is ego. However, you can identify as awareness in this moment, but you are here now. And it's always now. And in the same way, rather than thought translating itself into thought, translating itself into thought, rather than that happening, now what happens is that the fullness and the wholeness and the lack of needs of the awareness that you are translates itself into thought. So thoughts aren't are no longer just translating into thoughts. Now the wholeness that you are translates itself into thought and decision. Um, you're still not being the one that's deciding because the script is written, the ego script is written, but the Holy Spirit script where wholeness translates itself into apparent action and thought and decision, that's also a script that's already written. So you, the only decision you're ever making is, am I a separate self or am I awareness? But either way, a, a projection of a script is going to play and you're not in it. So there is a movie character or a game avatar that will play out the ego script or the Holy Spirit script. So either way, pre-written script is going to play and you're not deciding anything other than what your identity is. Okay. Now, you're going to say to me, what practical application is this? <laughs> well, I'm not, um, no, I think it's just a matter of practicing, right? It is, really, it is, it, it is, it is. It but, is. But let, me, but let me say this. If you are identified as the self in the world that doesn't exist, um, then then all of your language is very inadequate. I mean, I'm saying your, it's not yours. It's, this is just yeah. the ego script, right? right? Okay. But sure. um, but but all of all of the actions and the thoughts and the decisions made in the world will be tainted and polluted by self-interest, lack, fear, need, terror, want. Um, it's going to be polluted by that. Yeah. Okay. However. If you identify as the awareness that you always are in this moment, in the present moment, then um, then all thought, decision, action um, is going to be infused with love, peace, joy. And it will automatically be intuitive clear guided action which is the most loving and helpful thing to do in the situation for everyone concerned now again that's still just a script that's going to play but yeah. but that's that's the script that will play of shared interests instead of separate interests um if you return to what you are as awareness and realize you have no needs of the world Okay. So, Thank you. so by returning to awareness and now having no requirements of the word of, of the world, now what you do is inspired and well, it's still not what you do. What happens 
what your game avatar does um, is the Holy Spirit script. But you've no investment in it because you don't need anything to happen to be peaceful because you're already peaceful. Okay. So it doesn't that, matter. I think that's yeah. I think that helps a lot. Good. Yes. Because yeah. again, if you identify as the movie character, um, well then you are seeking because you because you've overlooked what you are and you're identified with a limitation of yourself and you're in pain over it and now you are seeking that the world be a certain way so you can be okay as an ego but the way the world is isn't the problem the only problem is that you think you're an ego and egos can never be okay and so um instead what we do is we return to what we are as awareness not a person not a body um and in that now it doesn't matter what's going on in the world and now right-minded action happens but it's not so you can be happy see you, as soon as you look for your happiness in the world it means you think you're an ego and ego can't be happy so again, you return to what you are that's not the ego, that is non-judgmental awareness and the Holy Spirit, and right-minded action happens. It's a script. It's just a projection that plays, but but it's not for your happiness. Okay. Because there's no lack in the Holy Spirit. As soon as you think what happens in the world is important for your happiness or your well-being, um, you, you don't know what you are. You veiled your identity from yourself again. So, um, you know, Ken used to joke about it, but I think it makes a really good point. He said it was all the same to Jesus, whether he went for a stroll or got crucified. <laughs> and the point yeah. is, it, it, it did not, the world could do what it wanted. And what did it have to do with Jesus? He knew what he was and didn't need anything to be a particular way in the world. It was all just holiness appearing as something that means nothing at all. It was just holiness appearing as a cross that had no point and didn't mean anything and had nothing to do with what he is. It was just a body bleeding to death and suffocating to death. Um, it was just holiness apparently appearing as that, but it didn't mean anything and there's, there's no point to it. And what did it have to do with what he is? His awareness doesn't have a body. There, no right mind has a body. And there's only one right mind. <laughs> the ego is legion, but the Holy Spirit is one. So Jesus knew what he was here now in this moment. And he had no requirements of the world. It didn't matter if he was going for a stroll or getting crucified. What did that have to do with the piece of what he knew himself to be? And that's what we all have to get to. So I, I think it takes a long time for people on the course to get over this idea that you use the course in order to make yourself happier in the world. But that's you identified as an ego and egos can't be happy. The only happiness that's possible is the dissolution of the ego. 
So once we overlook the truth of our identity in the Holy Spirit to embrace an illusory limitation of ourselves that doesn't really exist, which is this idea of a separate self, a body, a physical and psychological body, um, as soon as that happens, then begins the seeking. How do I, as an ego, become happy? And the ego can't be happy because <laughs> the unhappiness is the limitation which the ego is. I'm so glad you get this. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why Thank Jesus you. says, yeah, no problem. Yeah. So that's why Jesus says that the ego's mantra is seek and do not find. The ego is seeking an answer to its unhappiness, but the unhappiness is the ego. Right. And so the only happiness is the dissolution of the reason for the unhappiness, which is the ego. And so, you know, up until we're about 45, um, because we have embraced this illusory limitation of what we are and this seeking begins, then we go out into the world trying to manipulate the world and have it a certain way and become successful and get loads of sex and find someone to settle down with and have a marriage and get loads of money in the bank and have people think well of us. And we do that until we're about 45 and somewhere around there, there's a penny drops and it's, well, that didn't work. I'm still not whole. I'm still not complete. I'm still seeking for something that's never, never happening. It's all just trying to catch water in my hands. Um, and that's when the spiritual seeking begins. But spiritual seeking is just spiritual commercialism. <laughs> okay, so... There has to be, there has to initiate the spiritual seeking, but there has yeah. to at some point be the realization that what the seeker is seeking is the dissolution of the seeker. Because if seeking is happening, it means I don't know what I am that need do nothing. And so it's always about ultimately. What the seeker is seeking is the dissolution of the illusion that there's a seeker. And there is just the awareness I've always been in the present moment. But, you know, we can short circuit all that if we just work on our radical allowing and welcoming, because what's not the seeker will rise in your mind as peace. And the thing I want to encourage people today with is that you go a step beyond this welcoming and um, feeling the peace and that you begin to make your stand as the peace and not a person. I will do that this week. Yeah, because <laughs> because you. again, our, yeah, because the whole the whole course is about you knowing yourself, not as the person, because that's the ego, the ego identity, but knowing yourself as the witness. You okay. are the peace. You are the stillness, you are the spaciousness, you are the unlimitedness, you are all of that. Um, and you're not the ego's thoughts, beliefs, and stories. And, and and you don't have to do anything about the ego's thoughts, beliefs, and stories, except know they're not yours. Um, and just be the witness to them, just by allowing 
by welcoming and you feel what you are that's not that and that's all you have to do you don't have to suffocate the ego you don't have to drown it you don't have to stop anything you don't have to fight your thoughts you allow them and in the allowing of it you feel what you are that's beyond thoughts that's beyond stories and all the stories must fall before what you are so that's kind of what i wanted to to make our big theme for this week is that begin to make your stand as the non-person thank you again that was beautiful no problem thanks for thanks for the question susan guys okay. thanks a million <laughs> for all your attention and uh we shall all catch up on the group during the week so thanks very much Thanks thank so much, you. Keith. Another great Bye. meeting. Bye, thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.